Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Amen. Amen. Well, turn if you would to Matthew chapter 8. And we're going to ask the Lord to continue to do a good work among us. Because it's, it's my heart. I'd love to see 25 baptisms this year. Amen. Is anything too hard for the Lord? So let's have a heart to pray for the Lord to do spiritual work in our city, in our county and beyond. Amen. Amen. That the witness for the gospel would resound and ultimately that Jesus would be glorified and that the glory of God would cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. That's what the gospel is all about. So let's come before the Lord and pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your faithfulness, Lord, to us. I'm so grateful to hear of the glorious testimony of your saving work in the life of Marissa. We just pray, God, that that would radiate and echo through our hearts and minds through the week, Lord, that you save. Lord, you're able to save. Your arm is not short or not slack. You're able to save to the uttermost all who draw near to you. And so, Father, we pray for your help now, Lord, as we get into your word. I just pray that your Holy Spirit would come upon this moment. Pray that you would open our hearts, Lord, as we get into the word of God, that we would hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, that we would hear the voice of Jesus Christ, that we would hear the word of God speaking to us and laying hold of us and gripping us. And I pray that you would help me to get out of the way so that your word would be exalted. And I pray, Father, that you would speak where we need it most. Lord, maybe we come in discouraged today. Maybe we've come in troubled. Maybe we've come in just needing a word of hope, a living hope. And that's what we've bore witness to already. And I pray that your spirit would bear witness once again as we get into your word in Jesus name. Amen. So I have a special burden on my heart this morning as we get into the word of God, because I believe that so many people in our world today know about God, but they don't know God personally and truly, right? And, and Marissa gave a beautiful testimony of what it means to be moved from that place of knowing about God to knowing him personally. And it's such a radical difference. It's the difference of life and death, salvation and damnation, right? And so ultimately, the gospel lays hold of us in a very real way, and it gives us what we need most. And deep down, when we hear the reality of testimonies of God touching a life, something resonates deep within. As we hear the truth of God and the truth of the gospel, that Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and then we hear somebody bear witness of how God does that, it hits us right at the core. And as believers, we're encouraged. And perhaps if you are an unbeliever in here today, or you're still in that place where you, you know about God, but you don't know him personally, may the Lord lay hold of your heart today through his word. So we're going to come 
to this account in Matthew chapter 8. And it's, a, it's an account that reminds us that Jesus is growing in great popularity. Matthew 5-7, to Jesus preached the, the most famous sermon He's ever preached. The Sermon on the Mount. And we heard the, the words of Jesus in those chapters that demonstrated that Jesus spoke with an authority and with a power that nobody else spoke. And it would be said, like, nobody's talked like this man. Nobody's spoken like this man. This man spoke with a unique, powerful authority. And then you step into Matthew chapter 8, and all of a sudden you're seeing the, the, that Jesus just doesn't have powerful words, but He's got powerful works. He doesn't just have the words of God, He does the works of God. He doesn't just speak forth the truths of God. He has transforming power to touch a life. Right? And so, it's, it's, it's the Word of God that transforms people from darkness to light. That takes a soul who's, who's dead spiritually and makes it alive. And that's what baptism is a picture of. But Jesus comes down from the mountain comes down from preaching the Word, and we're reminded that not only does He usher in the words of the kingdom, He ushers in the power of the kingdom. And I'm going to read to you just briefly up front from Matthew 4. You don't have to turn there, but just to kind of set the context of the summary of Jesus' life and ministry, we just need to understand who we're dealing with. Because when we're dealing with Jesus, like there's nobody like Him. Right? So, when we talk about Jesus, it's not a boring thing. It's a supernatural thing. When we talk about Jesus, we're talking about the most famous person on the planet, but the most powerful person on the planet, and the one who came from heaven to earth to announce the kingdom of God had come. So let's listen to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23 to kind of set the table here for what we're going to talk about. Listen to how it reads. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria and they brought to him all who were sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. So I want you all to get this, right? Like, like Jesus is doing supernatural things and he's saying supernatural things. And his ministry doesn't just come in word, but it comes in power. And so, these miracles of Jesus, and we're going to read an account now of Jesus encountering a leper. And a leper was considered a cursed person who was basically a walking parable of what sin can do to a person. They were literally like the walking dead. And their flesh was rotting off of them. And they were very contagious. And you needed to, to uh, quarantine them because they were so infectious 
that nobody wanted to touch them, nobody wanted to be around them, their life was pretty much over. They were dead men walking or dead women walking. And Jesus encounters this leper and gives him hope. Because Jesus is about the gospel of the kingdom. And his announcement is that the king has come and he calls everybody to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for the kingdom of heaven has come. And so we come to this place in Matthew 8 in the first verse where Jesus comes up off the mountain and he encounters a man in hopeless condition. Look at it with me. Verse 1. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and he touched him saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. And so Jesus comes down off the mountain and the first thing he does is give hope to the hopeless. The first thing he does is take somebody withered to the core and totally make them new. And this is all about the identity of Jesus. It's all about helping us understand who it is we're dealing with, who it is we were professing, who it is that comes into lives in all sorts of ways. And listen, you might be struggling with sin and, and it might look different than it looks in my life or Marissa's life or somebody else's life, but all of us need redemption. All of us need the forgiveness of God. All of us need to move from just knowing some stuff about God to knowing him personally. And so Jesus comes to this man who's full of leprosy. One of the gospels reminds us. He's just, he's just full of it, head to toe. Disgusting. The flesh is literally peeling off his body. And he's a horror to behold, a byword that nobody wants to be around. And I'm reminded of what Jesus once told John the Baptist's disciples when they inquired about the identity of Jesus for John because he was in prison at that point. And Jesus answered them. Go and tell John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive sight and the lame walk and lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up and the poor have good news preached to them. That's what we see, John. Be comforted. Christ has come. Salvation has come. Salvation has visited us in Jesus. And you may be in here today and you just need to be reminded that Jesus can help those who come to Him in their great need. And that's the first thing we see in this text. Come in your great need. Come to Jesus in your great need for salvation. Look at it in verse 2. 
And behold, a leper came to him and knelt down before him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Matthew wants us to see this, this sort of epic picture of somebody destitute and beyond hope. Right out of the gate, like you get some Sermon on the Mount, you get some words from Jesus, you get some teaching from Jesus, and then you need to know that the most hopeless person on the planet can be saved. That's who Jesus is. And this man comes to him in his need. And listen, the, the, the verse 2 begins, and behold, for a reason. It's wanting to clue us in like, look, look, look at this. Look at this. A leper's coming to Jesus. And lepers were banished from the community. <laughs> they were banished. They were considered ceremonially unclean. They were considered cursed of God. They were considered beyond the pale of help. You just get those people out, quarantine them, let them die somewhat peacefully. But we don't want them around. And a leper comes to Jesus. And he's a picture of, of hopelessness running towards Jesus in great need. And perhaps you feel like you're there today, right? Maybe you've done things. Maybe you've said things. Maybe you've lived a whole life where you just feel like more isolated, more alone, more depraved, more defiled, more unclean, more dirty than you could ever imagine, and that there'd be no hope for somebody like you. Yeah, this Christianity stuff, it's for other people. It's for those goody-two-shoes people who, like, you know, stub their toe and they don't even want to curse. No, it's for those in darkness. It's for people like the leper. It's for people like you and me. And Jesus wants us to know that He can help people who come in their great need who come in their brokenness, who come in their pain, who come in their misery, and finally get real about their problem. And that's where this leper was at. He knew what it meant to be a leper. He knew that the curse of God was on him, or so the people thought. He knew he was separated. He knew he was cut off. He knew he was out without hope. And yet, he brazenly comes in and approaches Jesus. Y'all, you ought to be like that. If you, if you feel like you're outside and you don't know God and you just know some stuff about God, but you don't know Him personally, you got to run to Jesus with all your junk, all your mess. Because He can help. He can help. That's who He is. Have you ever felt cursed? Have you ever felt like an outcast? Have you ever felt like nobody can help me? I'm a sinking ship. I'm the Titanic going down and there's nothing but graveyards in my soul. Well, listen, Jesus is in, is in the resurrection business. And so he can handle your graveyard. I want us to see 
what it means for Jesus to care about people so far off, so far gone. They're stuck in a leper colony without any hope. And he cares about you. Do you believe that? Jesus cares about you. And he's calling you to himself. If you don't already know him, he's calling. If, if you don't already know him, he's knocking on the door of your heart. I can remember the day when I was sweating bullets in church. Because it was so foreign to me and I hated Christianity. And the few times that I entered church, I got all sweaty and my palms are sweaty and I'm a little clammy and I'm like, I don't know about all this stuff. And you start feeling like the sense of God in this place. Well, this man comes in his need and he's very aware that he needs to be cleaned by Jesus. You know, the interesting thing about leprosy is leprosy is a picture of sin. It deadens your senses. It begins to destroy the nerves. It's called Hansen's disease today. And what would happen is you, you, you would no longer be able to feel. And so you'd start getting cuts and things like that just from normal wear and tear. And all of a sudden you'd get infected. And all of a sudden scales and weird sorts of things would start coming on your skin. And you'd begin to decay, literally. And the Bible uses leprosy as a picture of the human heart. Because we're all spiritual lepers. And when we pursue darkness and when we run from God, we begin to decay spiritually. Our, our, our lives begin to unravel. Our hearts become defiled and unclean and we get separated from God. And ultimately, sin starts to separate us from everybody else. So the Bible reminds us that spiritually speaking, we're all lepers. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Isaiah 59, 2 says, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear you. Our sins separate us from God and they make us horribly sick. Ephesians 2.1 says, and you were dead in the trespasses and your sins. So the Bible says we're like the walking dead without resurrection power bringing us back to spiritual life. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. What does sin bring into our life? What is defiance against God? What is living in darkness? What is living in addiction? What is living apart from the, the, the revealed will of God look like? It looks like everything starts to decay in your life and fall apart. And you wonder why your marriage is a mess and you wonder why things are falling apart and things are falling off you and things are breaking inside of you because you need God in your life. You don't just need to know about him. You need to know him. And only Jesus can bring us back to God. So we've seen we've got to come in our need. But the second thing we see is that you've got to come in real faith. 
You've got to come believing Jesus is able to heal you. Believing Jesus is able to save you. And let's see that in verse 2. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt down before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. I mean, do you see the humility of, G uh, of the dependence of this leper? He just comes and he falls on his face. He kneels before Jesus and he just throws himself at the mercy of Jesus. Lord, if you're willing, you don't have to heal me. You don't have to save me. You don't have to make me clean. But if you're willing, if you're willing to make me clean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm bowing down. And that, that word, proskuneo, is, is the word for like prostate, prostrate, like fall, on, fall down, worship. This leper knew something <laughs> that, that ultimately he was standing before somebody who could finally deal with him. That's faith. I know I'm before somebody who can finally deal with my problem, my sin, my need, my uncleanness, my brokenness, my separation, my struggle, my soul decay. Jesus, this Jesus can help me and I'm going to throw myself at his feet. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And notice that he approaches Jesus like he's more than just a man. He approaches Jesus like he's more than just like, hey, this, this is Jesus. This is the, the, the God man. This is the one who was born of a virgin. This is the one who's fully God. And fully man, he can identify with you. He knows what it's like to go through human frailty and suffering and pain. And he was at all points tempted, yet without sin. And he went to a cross to rescue humans, to rescue you and I, if we will believe, to rescue people messed up like this leper. And so I've got great encouragement and great help to offer you today because of this glorious picture of who Jesus really is. And maybe you've come here today and you're like, he can't help. He can't help me. I've already made a mess of myself. He can't help me. I've done something too dark, too defiling. And my life is crumbling. And all I can do is self-medicate. All I can do is just numb it. All I can do is just try to try to just forget about it. I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I can't deal. And Jesus is just whispering, like, I can take care of that. I can deal with that. I can give you the hope you need. I can make you clean. I can heal your heart. I can provide redemption. Whatever it is, whatever you've been through, whatever you're going through, Jesus can help. And even if you feel the curse of God upon you, nobody's too far gone for Jesus. And that's what the Bible teaches. Galatians 3 reminds us, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. 
and Jesus went to the tree for you and I so that we could be forgiven, we could be made new, we could actually be pardoned by God and have peace and cleanness come inside of us and renew us and begin to help us live the way we were designed by God to live. And that's good news. <laughs> so you under the curse? Jesus specializes in dealing with cursed people because there's no other kind of person. That's who he is. And lastly, I want us to see Jesus is willing and Jesus is able. Right? Sometimes we're like, yeah, I want this. I really want to have it, but God is like this cosmic killjoy and he's just trying to withhold stuff from me. That's why my life's all messed up and we're taking no responsibility for our life, no responsibility for our decisions. We just want to blame God for everything. And the reality is he is so willing that he sent his son to a cross for you. He's so willing. He's so committed. Notice that that's what it says in this text. Look at verse three. And Jesus stretched out his hand. And he touched the man saying, I will, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Like Jesus is able to make the unclean clean. Y'all, that's, that's radical. Nobody wanted to like, get this leper out of my face. Jesus says, no, I'm going to touch you. I'm going to make you clean. I'm going to touch the unclean, make the unclean clean without becoming unclean myself because I'm the sovereign savior who's totally pure, totally good. And I can touch uncleanness and redeem it. And I cover it with my blood and ain't nobody going to be able to take you or snatch you from my hand once you belong to me and and my blood is covering you and my forgiveness is on you so yeah your sins may have separated you from your god your sins may have defiled you your sins may have wrecked you before god and you need to know that if you're not in christ or you don't know if you're in christ or you just know some stuff about god you are under the curse and you're headed for hell a real hell. And God's love for you is just to reach out like this man, this leper without hope. He's waiting to die. And he's like, I will touch you and make you clean. I'm willing and I'm able and I love you. That's what we hear in the words of the Apostle Peter. For Christ also suffered once for sins, for our sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. This leper was far from God. This leper came to Jesus. This leper came in humble dependence and then Jesus reached out his hand. He stretched it out. Oftentimes in the Old Testament, God would speak about his redeeming Israel 
from slavery and bondage in Egypt. And I stretched out my hand. I stretched out my hand and with my mighty hand I saved you as a people and brought you out into the land of milk and honey. That's what Jesus can do. He stretches out His hand. Perhaps Jesus is doing that for you today. He's stretching it out to you. Will you lay hold of it by faith? Will you lay hold of it by faith? Will you actually trust Him? Will you actually come in your brokenness? Will you actually come in your need? Do you realize that Jesus is stretching out His hand to you today? Saying, I am willing. Yeah, but I've, I've done some messed up stuff. I'm willing. Yeah, but I've, it's too far gone. I'm willing. Yeah, but you don't know me. No, He knows you. And He loves you. He knows you and He loves you. And just like He knew this man, He was eager and He stretched out His hand and He touched him when nobody else would. Do you sense the Spirit of God maybe saying that to you today? Like, you, you, you need to come to Jesus. You need to actually really come to Jesus. Don't worry about the person on your right or your left. Do business before God and actually come to Jesus. Don't worry about the fear of man, but have fear of God and turn to Christ. He's reaching out His hand to you. He was sent by the Father. He was sent by God to redeem sinners just like you. I spent the first 21 years of my life destroying things. Living apart from God. Living in sin. Feeling so hopeless. And if things went on the way they did, I would have been in an early grave. But Jesus stretched out His hand to me one day. Somebody shared the gospel just like I'm doing now. Will you, will you lay hold of it by faith? Will you trust? Will you sense that God is speaking directly to you? It was unmistakable. And the grip of God laid hold. And I just said, Lord, I'm yours. Please forgive me. Come into my life and make me new. Well, how do I do it? But as many as received Him, who believed in His name, to them He gave the right to become children of God. So we see Him stretching His hand out to this man. We see this man's humble faith. We see this reality that Jesus can provide what you need. But you must trust Him today and lay hold of Him by faith. And watch what God can do in your life. Oh, there's nothing greater. There's nothing greater than beginning to know the living God and coming to a knowledge of your maker and moving from that place of knowing some stuff about God to knowing God yourself personally in a saving way. In a minute here, we're going to pray. And I just want to challenge you to think about it. Do you really just know about God, but you really don't know Him personally? I've had 40-year alcoholics tell me, oh, yeah, I know God. I know a lot about God. 
Even the demons believe and tremble. But have you been saved? Has Jesus touched your life and made you new? You will not mistake that. So we're going to pray right now. And I'm going to ask you to really get honest with God and come like this leper. Come with all your hope, with all your brokenness, and watch what the Lord can do. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this glorious four verses, Lord, that really, they really give us so much hope, Lord. We have such a great Savior in you. And perhaps you're knocking on the door of somebody's heart right now. Perhaps you're simultaneously encouraging believers and you're awakening unbelievers to their need. And they feel like, I am like this leper. I am feeling so discouraged and so saddled in darkness. And I just feel like I cannot get free of it. And I'm trying to fix it on my own. And Lord, I pray that they would take a cue from this leper and just say, Lord, I need you. I need you to make me clean. And oh, how you're willing, Lord. And if that's you today, I'm just going to ask you to pray this prayer in your heart right now. Pray, dear God, I believe that I'm a sinner. I believe I'm a hopeless case like this leper. But I believe that you're in the business of saving sinners. And I just want to admit my sin to you. I want to admit my uncleanness. I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe he rose from the dead. Please come into my life and make me new. I want the rescue that you offer. Lord, I see you're stretching out your hand and I'm taking it with the empty hand of faith. And I'm surrendering to you. Come into my life and send me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.